Hey everyone, welcome to the Sliving with Sickle Cell podcast. My name is Barbara Biosa and I am a sickle cell warrior, CEO and fashion designer of luxury women's wear clothing brand Dimabai and founder of the Gideon's Treasure Foundation and I am your host today. From the Queen Paris Hilton, sliving means slaying and living your best life. We all deserve to do this. I'm here to bring you all the fabulous tales, the struggles and the triumphs of living with sickle cell anemia and running a business with a disability. There has been many highs and many lows, but I think it's important to share your stories and journeys. We will be discussing some important topics and inviting some amazing guest speakers to share their experiences and their journey. This podcast is dedicated to help spread awareness of sickle cell anemia, uplift and build a community of ambitious people who may have a physical or emotional challenges that make being an entrepreneur or following your dreams that much harder. Hey Gigi, thank you so much for joining me today and sharing your incredible journey on the Sliver and Sickle Cell podcast. Um, please start by telling me a bit about yourself and your background and your upbringing. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. So as you know, my name is Gigi Robinson. I am about to be 25 years old. Yeah. Uh, and my, <laughs> I'm born and raised from New York City. I went to school in Los Angeles at the University of Southern California. Nice. And I studied fine art design. And then I got a second degree in innovation and technology. Wow. Uh, so that's a short background. Mm-hmm. But I also live with hypermobile Aureus Damo syndrome. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, mast cell activation syndrome, endometriosis, and a couple of other Mm. things that uh, have been really challenging over the years. And the biggest thing I think that I like to talk about is how I channeled my my frustration with my illness into my career, into my art, into my words. And it just is, it was a really powerful tool for me. So Mm -hmm. that's a long story short. Oh, and that's amazing. And I and I really love that. And I think that's one of the main reasons why I reached out to you, because I thought that's incredible. Like with um, chronic illnesses, I know how it can be so hard and then people not knowing about it as well and some of the struggles mm-hmm. that can come with it. Um, how would you say, um, you know, managing your chronic illness has kind of impacted or molded the way um that you that you are today and how you um you know started your kind of your content creating and all the amazing stuff that you've done how does that help out yeah so unlike a lot of people or maybe like a lot of yeah I think unlike a lot of people dealing mm-hmm. with chronic health issues I was diagnosed with EDS at age 11 so mm-hmm. I've been dealing with this since childhood and yeah. I feel like a lot of chronic illnesses and chronic health issues are diagnosed later in life in your mid-20s mm. your your 30s your 40s and uh not as much in your teenagers anymore how even though right now autoimmune and chronic health issues are the highest they've ever been in wow. terms of what people are being diagnosed with and whatnot and so i feel like because of that experience it really taught me to channel it again into more resilience and bravery mm-hmm. and courage and also confidence and not standing for anyone's BS if they were going to be mean to me about it. Yes. And I think that's ultimately so that's helped me be a stronger leader and speaker and author. Oh, that's amazing. And um, yeah, it's so interesting you said that because um, 
sickle cell, I think, also is one of the rare ones that are kind of you're born with it. And so it's it's interesting to have that dynamic of like always constantly having this thing and having to grow up with it. And then it can be negative and positive because there's two sides to it. I think like there's a lot of people who there's a lot of negativity and they just feel like, you know, I wouldn't say sorry for themselves, but they feel like they kind of limited and they can't do a lot of things. And then there's the other side, which is kind of what we're trying to promote is in like, you can still do so much amazing things and this shouldn't stop Mm -hmm. you. Yeah. Tell us about your um, children's book, a kid's book about chronic illness and kind of what inspired you to start that and your journey with that so far. Yeah, I mean, as I mentioned, I was diagnosed with Ehlers-Danlos at a young age. I Mm. had to basically give up one of my passions, which was swimming at the time, competitive swimming. And I was so good at it because my body is hypermobile. So it was like, I was really fast. I could just go through the water so quickly. And, uh, you know, I, I think that because I went through that experience of also like having grief, but not really understanding why, like Mm -hmm. I wasn't aware that, okay, wow, like your life's going to change. You're going to have to choose something else to do instead of swimming. You're going to have to, you know, come up with a new way to navigate the world. And so I wanted to write something that kids could understand but also that would spark discussions for parents right it's not just about the kid reading it and being like I feel seen it's about also opening that discussion with friends with family with colleagues even I mean it's not just for kids it's for adults just kind of understand on a really simplistic level what chronic illness is and how it affects the person navigating through the world differently than an able-bodied person. And so that was just kind of the inspiration and I'm really proud of it and glad it's out in the world. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's so important for, especially the younger generation, because that was the target, right? Getting kids to learn more about it. And so they kind of, they know around like how they can react to people in their environment who are going through that as well. And I think that's so powerful and amazing. And um, what would you say some of your major challenges that you had with, um, you know, being diagnosed and growing up with it and maybe how like also the impact of your parents or the people Mm -hmm. around you? Mm -hmm. Um, Well, luckily I'll start with the parents thing first, mm-hmm. because I know when you're a child dealing with a health issue, not only can it be hard to sometimes say things and articulate your actual feelings and you rely on your parents to mm-hmm. be your advocate, but yeah. um, sometimes people deal with parents not believing them or thinking they're hypochondriacs or they're doing it for attention. And yeah. luckily my, my parents were the complete opposite and they believed every second and they just wanted to make sure that I wasn't in pain and that I you know, could get the help that I needed. And so I feel extremely lucky and, and privileged to have that. And, you know, also growing up in New York City and my mom works in healthcare was a huge plus to getting That's access good. to the yeah. best person she could go and ask, oh, you know, mental health, like, do you know somebody who deals with chronic pain specifically yeah. and psychology or psychiatry to, to help me get that truly right fit of a doctor? Because part of the parent being the child's advocate is they're looking for a doctor that's going to listen for years. I I bounced around to different stomach doctors, like GI Mm -hmm. doctors, because I always had these issues and nothing was helping. And lo and behold, like I've literally been to over a dozen doctors and I've done all of the GI tests. 
everything comes back normal and still I have acid reflux and, and like IBS symptoms, but I don't qualify for like fit under IBS. So the doctors are like, huh? And yeah. again, like when I just got my endometriosis diagnosis, it like, and they, they took the endometriosis off of my bowels and um, wow. my bladder. It was like, oh, wow. Like this is what's been this is, the, issue yes. the whole time. And um, it just was that I have one doctor suggests that, okay, maybe like you have symptoms of it, you should go to a specialist. And mm-hmm. after seeing three, they were like, yeah, we well, should do the surgery. And then I did it. And then they found it. And then they also found a, uh, a allergy to meat called alpha gal. And so uh, I'm now vegan, gluten-free, alcohol-free, mostly uh, caffeine-free. I'm trying to be sugar-free, but it's like, what can I eat at that point? And Uh, it's just like a lot. And so having my parents' support with that has just been the best. Uh, And then, yeah, I forget the the other question if you want to remind me. Oh, no, um, thank you so much for sharing. No, I was talking about the major challenges that come with this because um, Mm – with this condition, would you say it's quite a rare, it's quite a rare condition and it, it kind um, of, or is it? So Ehlers-Danlos syndrome is not considered rare for hypermobile mm-hmm. um, okay. and I think classical, but there's 13 mm-hmm. types of Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. And again, I'm not a doctor, so consult with your doctor for any medical advice. <laughs> but, um, you know, I live with the kind that uh, is not as rare. However, it's rare mm-hmm. to be diagnosed at an early age. Wow, and that okay, was the yeah. biggest thing I think that helped me manage my symptoms over the mm-hmm. years. It wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, you're misdiagnosed with fibromyalgia or rheumatoid juvenile yeah. arthritis or, you know, psoriatic arthritis. Like they got it at a young age. And That's because good. of that, I was able to do that. So it's rare to be diagnosed at a young wow, age properly. Okay, yeah. It's not rare to actually have, there's more studies coming out that say more people have it than they initially thought. I think it's like one in 500, which is still, you mm, might think, oh, yeah. wow, that's, you know, that's rare, but compared but, to other uh, health issues, it's not. Yeah. And because definitely a lot of the kind of symptoms of the things that you got from it, like those are quite like you said, like they couldn't, they couldn't pinpoint which one was it with, because IBS is something like constantly we're always, oh my God, I'm always bloating. What is this and stuff? So it's really, it must be very hard, especially like now your diet, you have to be very specific in what, what you eat. And especially what you said about the alcohol free and stuff being so young and, you know, just, I think just coming out of uni and all this stuff, like how was that now? How are you navigating that period of like going to university and that whole, like Mm -hmm. turning 21 and, you know, the alcohol Mm -hmm. kind of thing? What what was your experience? Yeah. I mean, I, think my experience in college like I still drank alcohol in college Mm -hmm. I didn't know all this information back then Uh, this is literally like this past December 2022 that I found out all this stuff so um and and my symptoms really have been alleviated since but before that you know in college I think the biggest struggle was people saw that I looked okay that I could walk Mm. to class that I could carry multiple bags of stuff because I was an art student and I would always carry like (laughs) all these materials with me and you know they would see that and they wouldn't they would question like oh are you actually sick why can't you do this and yes, I had teachers okay. question my 504 disability form and I'm like why are you questioning this yeah. like this is literally my rights it's protected yes. I have this for a reason and so I'm confused yeah and so I started making artwork about it but you know dealing with friendships during that time was exceptionally hard people yeah. didn't believe me they really thought I was like saying things just to get out of hanging out or out of not going to a party and 
um, you know, when, when the pandemic happened, I was a 2020 graduate, mm-hmm. unfortunately. So I missed, you know, missed my graduation. I was oh, home yeah. and my, I just kind of said like, I don't really need to be drinking alcohol. Like it's mm. not doing anything for me. Every time I drink, my face swells up. That's no, gotta be yeah. a sign that, that it's yeah. not good for me. Yeah. So I started doing that. I also started eliminating meat from my diet slowly mm-hmm. over the, the past couple of years. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I also think the right friends are not going to care if yes. you do or don't have a drink. Definitely. Um, you know, what's the difference between this being a mocktail and this being an alcoholic yeah. beverage? Um, uh, mocktails life. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, I don't really care to go out late at night anyway and drink. Like mm. I'm not meeting the right people there. Like I want to, I want to go out and have intellectual picnics and, yeah, uh, you know, that's walks great. And, mm-hmm. and do active things. I don't yeah. want to go out and get wasted that just Mm -hmm. is a waste of time in my opinion and so um, it was kind of like a mindset shift for the alcohol free but uh you know also dealing with a vegan diet can be Mm -hmm. really challenging yeah you you go someplace they're like yeah we have an option and it's like a salad and you're like oh okay not really an option but yeah i'll still eat it and (laughs) so Uh, I just know that for me, and, mm-hmm. and I don't say this to, I encourage people to try being vegan because I've mm-hmm. seen how much my inflammation has gone down on my body, but also how I felt like with my digestion and yeah. with my symptoms. But also again, like I have an allergy to meat, dairy and gluten. So I need to be vegan. Yeah. Um, and it also helps with inflammation. Like it's just known that it does that. And as yeah. someone with chronic inflammation and pain, it's just something that's helped me. So why wouldn't I encourage other people to try it? Um, and so that's been somewhat challenging, but again, the right people are going to be totally fine taking mm. me out to, on a date to a vegan yeah. restaurant or, um, you know, going somewhere with, with friends for lunch that's yeah. vegan or at least has vegan options instead yeah. of being like, oh, vegan food like okay I'm sorry it's just plants like let's you can find some good stuff yeah (laughs) (laughs) well that is true and I can totally relate to everything you said especially with like um people not believing and like not looking because I I feel like with a lot of chronic illnesses it's like an invisible illness like it's not something you're gonna physically see or spot out and then it's just that kind of annoyance of like not being believed um, in the workplace and the school place. And that's why it's so important with like awareness um, mm-hmm. because disabilities or conditions are not just like the kind of stereotype of what people see all the time. Um, yeah. And I, I can understand that being um, a struggle as well. So uh, you are the first Gen Z and chronically ill woman to be um on the Sports Illustrated, which is incredible. I was like, whoa, when I saw that. <laughs> Tell me about that incredible um, achievement and, you know, your journey there. Yeah, I mean, that, that time in my life was really funny because I, you know, I entered through their casting call mm-hmm. and anyone can apply. And I knew that if I was entering the competition, that it would have to be for a purpose. It couldn't just yeah. be because, you know, also I think body image and body positivity and, and showing body diversity is important. But what yeah. I think is 
more important is representation for literally half of the population in the world who's dealing with chronic illness. And um, whether that's a mental health issue or a physical health issue, I just thought it was really important to convey that, number one. And number two, to accept my body as it was, right? Like I just go and get M-sculpt or work out like crazy or fast or do a juice cleanse before. Like I did exactly what I needed Mm -hmm. to do. I stayed exactly true to who I was. And honestly, that was really important for me. That was just, you know, a way that I felt was like a creative outlet to Mm -hmm. spread my message and build my platform. And, um, you know, I'm really honored that they were able to partner up with me and, Mm -hmm. and give me space to really advocate for the chronically ill Mm -hmm. and to show that, you know, a lot of chronic people, women dealing with chronic illnesses are not going to be able to go and work out like crazy. And they're not going to have a six pack and they might have a scar or some strange like marks on their body because of, you know, the way that their, their skin is. And I, I think that that's totally okay. And that's really why I was proud and happy to work with them. Oh, that's incredible. And it's such an amazing achievement. And I was checking your Instagram and I saw you looked incredible. So I was like, yes, go girl. Thank you. <laughs> that's amazing. And um, so was that something you've always been passionate? Because I know you said you're an art student. Um, I study fashion. Yeah. So when um, so when you mentioned about the, the carrying bags, mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I always joke with my sister that I have like um, fashion, well, well, it should be creative students' shoulders because I've just yeah. been years of carrying like load, and you're just yeah. like, <laughs> I totally get that. yeah. So, how do you think um, your well, two ways? So, how do you think your um, chronic illness plays a role in motivating you being creative, and then also vice versa, your creativity, you know, kind of motivates and help you manage your condition? Yeah. Well, I would say the first part about did I think, did I always aspire to be in Sports Illustrated? Not necessarily, mm-hmm. um, but as, you know, as a photography student and I studied so many photographers and I had looked up to Yusai and, um, you know, for years and, mm-hmm. and the fact that he was the one shooting my images in that wow. magazine was very full circle for That's me amazing. as an artist yeah. who I studied and, and looked up to. Um, mm-hmm. And I got to meet him and not only meet him, but be on the other side of the camera and like learn yeah, from him. It was just like absolutely wild. So um, I think that was really epic to be yeah. able to have that uh-huh. and say like ideally I wanted to like be mm-hmm. in the room with him at one point and I was and, and yeah. so I think that was good <laughs> enough. Um, That's and amazing. How my chronic illness inspire my art? I mean, it really just came down to making sure that I could I could use imagery to make sure that mm-hmm. other people were seen and heard, whether that yeah. was capturing you know the light in a hospital room or uh, a doctor's books or things like that or um you know just just building that out with my words on social media and cultivating a real community of people dealing with the same thing um and in terms of art inspired I guess infiltrating in my life I think you know in some ways it can be used to really heal however for me, over time, my passion for art became painful, like physically mm. painful. And so as that happened, it made me like not like art. It made me resent it. And, you know, my yeah. my my goal this year is to try to play more. And yeah. so a couple, like a month ago, I did a 
pottery class and I was so excited. It was like, you know, I, it was just like second nature. Like I just got right back into it and I haven't done it in five or six years. And Mm -hmm. unfortunately my hands were so sore the next day for five days. And I'm like, is that always how it would be? Or is it just because it was, you know, something I hadn't done in a while. And so it made me also scared to want to continue to do that, even though it's like really fun for me. So um, I think I'll have to continue to see what I can do with play, but I really like things like breath work and movement. And I've just been thinking of new ways to like dance or, uh, you know, do gentle movement. We're yeah. not talking about a crazy Pilates sweat or in theory, <laughs> we're, not, we're not doing that, but you know, overall <laughs> they are somewhat related. Yeah. Oh, definitely. That sounds amazing. And um, yeah, I hope that you can find different ways that you can kind of incorporate your passions that work with Mm -hmm. your body. And and I think it's just always kind of listening to your body as well. That's a major um, thing for chronic illness is just like knowing, you know, how you're feeling. Are you able to do this? And yeah, understanding that as well. When you started um, like being an advocate and speaking about it more, um, was there ever a time that you were kind of worried about it or like what would people think? What would like would people care because they weren't familiar with it? And what was was there any of kind of the struggles that you um, went through? I mean, yeah, I would say that there were times I cared what other people thought, but the more that I cared about appeasing other people, the, the more I lost myself. And I think yeah. when you have a chronic health issue, again, you just have to be so confident with who you are and what you need that other people's opinions and other people's judgments about your health doesn't become the focus. It, it then becomes a yeah. issue with them. Why are they criticizing you? Yeah, like definitely. It makes no sense. Um, yeah. So yeah. that's what I have to say. No, definitely. And that's great because I know for um, a period of time, so mine was kind of on and off. Like in school, I used to use it for like an excuse. <laughs> it was definitely like I couldn't do PE and stuff, but I would actually just yeah. be like, yeah, I was kind of open about it. And then totally. when I got into like, I guess, teenage-ish, late teenage, early 20s, I didn't speak about it that much yeah. because I was kind of like, not even, I wasn't, I didn't have, a, I wasn't like I was, afraid to share it was just more like dating and stuff I didn't really feel the need because I wasn't like I wasn't going into hospital that much so I was like oh I don't really need to maybe share as much and stuff and then I realized like it's actually good to just be honest because you don't know who you can help and yeah yeah, and I mean yeah I think also like, you know, we didn't really touch on it that much, but like with dating, I think it's Mm -hmm. really important to, um, and, and this also goes for friendships, but it's just important to be upfront and to be like, you know what, a non-negotiable for me is that I have health issues. And if they're judgmental about that, I usually remind them that they could get, you know, I hope it doesn't happen, but they could get hit by a bus and become paralyzed or get in a car crash. Yeah, that's true. You know, they could potentially get diagnosed with a terminal cancer or an illness, like, in, in a month, in a couple of years. And so for somebody else to judge your state of sickness yeah. um, as a reason to not be with you is I think a cop out. It's, it's, yeah. it's very ableist and it's just saying that like, oh, you're sick. And so I'm ruling you out. And I just think again, like as the person being in that position and who has been in that position yeah. being up front and saying a non-negotiable is that I have health issues. And yeah. I really would appreciate if you could 
be there and take care of me and ask me yeah, what I need. Definitely. I'll tell you what I need. Like if, if you can find a partner that's willing to listen and help, which I know is possible because I found it myself. Ooh, um, I'm happy. <laughs> you know, I think I didn't think it was possible. Mm-hmm. And uh, my partner just show, has shown me that it actually is. And yeah. I think that it, when you, when you, it, it all is about that communication and saying, you know, I'm really not feeling good today or like yeah. I am having a bad day or, you know, if I, if we're, we're walking around and I'm carrying something and I, I get a pain, like I, I can mm-hmm. say, Hey, like, can you please carry this? Yeah. And it won't even be a question. Like it's, That's it's great. Like a, yeah. It's, they feel you know, inclined to do it. They want yeah. to help me. And so I think that that's just really important to acknowledge and recognize that it is possible. And it's also possible with your friends too. Yeah. Like telling your friends, Hey, I'm so sorry, but like, I can't make it out tonight. I'm having a really bad pain day or like yeah. something and having friends that will say, Oh my gosh, I hope you feel better. Like, please yeah. let me know. Call me later. Like, no worries. Like, those are the people that you need in your life. And again, it only happens if you are honest and upfront. If you make up shit, oh, I don't want to go. Okay, you don't yeah, want to go. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, like, it's true. That's definitely true. And I think it's such a good point um, for people, especially younger generations who feel like, oh, they, you know, they don't want to be a flop. So they're going to go and, and then cause them to end up in hospital or something or make it worse so I think that's such good advice so why do you think there is such a lack of visibility at the moment Mm. and because you know you mentioned the statistics like one in 500 and then you know there's quite a few people that are affected with these different types of stuff and why do you think there is still such you know kind of a Mm. lack of visibility do you think it's to do with like just being afraid to share or maybe like I know. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's like the fear of judgment. A lot of people are scared that they're going to be judged by others, and it might prohibit them from getting certain opportunities. Mm. Which, unfortunately, in the workplace, that is something that still happens. It's yeah. not really talked about. But if you disclose that you have a disability and you have accommodations legally, yes, the company is supposed to provide for you and yeah. give you those accommodations. However, that's usually more expensive for them to do. Mm-hmm. And as a result, it may prohibit you from getting a job. And so yeah. sometimes I recommend not disclosing that until after you've gotten the job. Because <laughs> that would be like... very ableist. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, for certain opportunities, I would say, yeah, it's, it's definitely, definitely interesting to disclose or to not. But otherwise, I think you always should. If you feel like yeah. it, the main thing is if you feel like it. You have yeah, to come to terms with your illness or your disability on your own terms, because if you just try to do it in a way that like you're not ready to talk about it, you're going to either say something that maybe is going to be not really reflective of how yeah, you feel. That's very true. So yeah, that's what I have to say. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So right now you're kind of, would you call yourself like an entrepreneur? Like you work for yourself, you've created. Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. And I think um, personally for me, and this is one of the things we're trying to kind of promote is, you know, starting your own business and working for yourself can sometimes help with, you know, you're working on your own schedule. 
in that terms that you don't have someone like I know when I've done internships or when I've gotten jobs I've always sometimes gotten fired or stuff because I they saw me as unreliable because I couldn't always come into work because of my chronic illness because of having pain last minute and them not really believing so do you think that that is something that especially in this day and age where you can create businesses a bit I wouldn't say easier. It's still a lot of work, but with the access to social media and stuff, you can create and be your own boss. And would you say that that's something you would kind of, um, like for me, I'd be like, that's a good route for some people with chronic illnesses, just because our conditions are unpredictable. Um, so here's the thing, although content creation and social media can make people with invisible health issues lives easier Mm -hmm. the downside is you may be working more and I know that that is you know a trade-off I do think in a post-covid world there's a lot of opportunities that are Mm -hmm. hybrid or just simply remote to work for a company which I know help however unfortunately for me I knew that with a chronic illness I would have to either be in a part-time role or work Mm -hmm. for myself and I figured if I'm working for myself I might as well give it my all and then doing a part-time role and so I also think it's about what you want to do, right? I yeah. want, wanted to be a public speaker and an entrepreneur mm-hmm. and build different projects and different revenue streams and, and do a lot. Not everyone wants to do that. Not everyone yeah, wants to put in the work. Not, not everyone is really fit to be an influencer or fit yeah. to have a podcast and run a yeah. business and do brand deals and uh, come up with things to sell on the internet and write yeah. a book and do this and do that. Like some people can't do that. And I totally understand. However, I think there are amazing companies out there. Uh, I'm lucky enough to know some of these mm-hmm. incredible female founders. Uh, my friend Keely Catwells is the founder of a talent agency for uh, people with disabilities and chronic mm-hmm. health issues called Sea Talent. Mm-hmm. And my other friend, Hannah Olson, has a company called Disclo and mm-hmm. also Chronically Capable, uh, which basically one is for disclosure mm-hmm. of your disability and your accommodation needs. And the oh, other is uh, to help you find a job if you're chronically ill. And so I really do think yeah. that it's like possible to find opportunities. It's really about like, where are you going to look and how are you going to make the best of these situations yes definitely so what exciting projects are you currently working on at the moment so there's some exciting projects coming out on may 10th which is my 25th birthday (laughs) so uh for the rest of the month of may and uh potentially through june uh different services on my website will be 25 percent off i'm going to be launching some mini sessions for social Mm -hmm. media strategy coaching um full one hour you know rebrand coaching Mm -hmm. and confidence coaching for people and then also a guide to making a rock star Mm -hmm. resume as well as a matching template for that in case you're too lazy to build it yourself and so all of those things will Mm -hmm. be able to find on my website ggrobinson.com slash resources and you can get in on that uh my Mm -hmm. my book about my children's book a kid's book about chronic illness is you know available for purchase Mm -hmm. on amazon on barnes and noble i believe on walmart a kid's company website Mm -hmm. so make sure to grab a copy of that and uh some other fun things that are up in the air but that's really what i'm working on right now oh and it sounds so exciting i can't wait till um to hear more and to see more of those and definitely um i'd love to get one of the children's books because i have like niece and nephew so i'll just be like yeah you know i get to learn and you never know who you can 
can meet with who's going through something and you may not physically know. So that's great. Um, And what, one of the last questions I wanted to ask, um, there are so many young women who are facing like different kind of chronic illnesses. I know like, um, and that don't know what is, what would you kind of say to them as like a way of kind of, motivating them or inspiring them or ways that they can kind of deal with it and they share their experiences? Yeah, I mean, I would say if you are looking for community, luckily we have it at our fingertips nowadays. We can search whatever rare condition or condition online and just look up like hours down with support Mm -hmm. or like EDS and you'll probably see some influencer on social media who's used that. Um, I know it's a little old and outdated, but also Facebook groups are a great way to Mm. meet other people dealing with the same thing. Um, I sometimes feel like, you know, TikTok can be a little bit of a ruthless place and it can be a little bit uh you know scary and I just think Instagram and Facebook are better for actually meeting people and potentially becoming friends with them and connecting with people across the globe like you and I which is so cool yeah Uh, and yeah I I would also just say like don't give up and just know that uh your chronic health issue can be your superpower you just have to really I think make it into that and part of the way that you can do that is by acknowledging that it's a health issue you just have to figure out what accommodations you need to navigate the world as best as you want to and as as you can yeah that's amazing thank you so much for sharing and being so honest and open and I think that what you're doing is incredible um it was so great like finding your Instagram and what you're doing and I'll definitely continue to follow um please could you share with us like your Instagram links and anywhere that we can find you yeah you can find me um at it's Gigi Robinson on all social Mm -hmm. media platforms my website's ggrobinson.com and yeah that's about it you can google me yeah oh my god it's been such a pleasure and an honor and thank you so much for joining and I'm so excited to (laughs) see all the exciting things you'll continue to do Oh, thank you so much. Yay. And you're definitely sliving, <laughs> slaying and living your best life. And um, yeah, thank you. Oh, thank you so much. This was fantastic. Thanks for having me. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and I hope you will continue this journey with me. We will be discussing a lot of different topics, important topics, and we'll have some incredible guest speakers joining to share their experiences. Please subscribe and like our Instagram pages, Atelier underscore Zimbabwe and Gideon underscore Treasure. Feel free to leave a comment, ask a question. And if you would like to be a guest speaker and share your story, please send me an email. Details in the episode description. Love you and God bless.